plugs it's like a universal adapter where where we can we can go in and we can just sit down and nothing particular has to happen welcome to the social fabric chronicles podcast I'm your host Andreas Splendori and I hope to bring you different conversation on a variety of topics from different people. This week my guests are Fiona English and Joe Sofland. A chance exchange on LinkedIn sparked the idea of this conversation on spirituality. I thought it would be interesting to delve a little bit further into what spirituality means to people. Joe is based in Australia and has been practicing yoga for a long time and Fiona has specialized in spirituality and positive psychology. This is an interesting conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Can you hear us? Yes. Joe, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Hello Joe, Fiona. Me, me Fiona. So Please Joe and I go you. back years and years and then he emigrated to Australia and I haven't seen him since. I didn't even know he had a son. So that's how bad our communication has been. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I have to ask, how old is your son, Joe? He's three. Wow. He's, uh, yeah, he's three. Wow. And uh, he's, he's just gone to bed now. Otherwise, I'd, I'd bring him in. I'd, I'd... Oh, very good. No, right. we'll, we'll do another. We'll do a separate one, uh, um, a personal conversation one of these days. Uh, so just a, yeah, just as a way of introduction, Joe, I, I I've been doing this podcast for the last couple of years, and I came, you know, myself and Fiona Mesh a few months ago. I interviewed her for the podcast, and then we did a live podcast that so she was part of it. Um, and then when I saw your um, your uh, interaction on uh, LinkedIn, I just I know nothing about spirituality and. Uh, and it was great to talk to Fiona twice about it. And then you all of a sudden, you come out with all these mad ideas. And I thought, maybe we get to put them <laughs> in a room, in a virtual room, and uh, let them chat about it. So literally, that's all I'm going to do today. I'm going to facilitate the thing and stop you if you're going too far. But uh, I think it's an interesting one because you both have quite strong uh, ideas about mm-hmm. uh, what spirituality means. So tell you where I'm going to start, and then you can take it from there. Like the, the, the first response you had, Joe, was... Uh, is belief not a mindset? And that was your thing. It's not a mindset. And then Fiona, you went on and, and told us what you thought. So you go ahead, Fiona, tell us. And then you can have a little rant about it, the two of you. <laughs> Would you like to start, Joe, or will I? Oh, please start, Fiona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose I'd, I'd start by saying I always welcome conversations like this because I think that people are afraid to debate and say, I think this and you think that. And what that leads to is just a lack of um, color in the world about what these bring to different people. But what myself and Joe, oh, we didn't disagree. I suppose we had a different way of looking at it when the interaction happened on, on LinkedIn was that you said it's a belief and that people need to almost that they need to stop searching that they already are. I think that if I'm paraphrasing, that's what you were saying. And I'd actually agree with that. But I think that the reality of life is that we all go on a search and where I think we're on a journey. I think that what you were referring to was the, de- the destination. And unfortunately, none of us are born woke. Um, and most of us go through, and it's a natural psychological development to develop an ego 
and to try and fit into society and so on and so forth. And then we get to a certain part in our life where we realize this isn't enough and I'm going to start searching for something else. Um, and that brings us on a kind of a spiritual journey, whether we call that it, it that or not, back to ourselves. Um, so ideally, yes, we would just realize that it's a state of being. But unfortunately, none of us are ideal. Like, you know, we're all imperfect. That's the way we are. And, and we should embrace that. But equally, we should, we're always trying to continue on this journey of, of how we can get to a state of being that we are comfortable with. So. Um, yes, I but. would say to that, because <laughs> this is like tennis and, and there's Andrea and he's the umpire. And we, it's, it's a kind of a game. But, but in in them. Um, response to, to, to that I, I would I would say that who we think we are uh, is very often a trouble it's it's a disconnect from what we actually are um, and I mean it's very difficult to speak for everybody because everyone, is going to be different, but in in terms of uh, the essence that I'm trying to get at, is is it? It's almost like once people have had the opportunity or have arrived at a situation where they begin some kind of a spiritual journey, or to find themselves, or they read a book, eat, love, pray, or whatever, or or they you know all of that stuff. Once you come to that place, if you can even call it a place, as far as I can see, it's, it becomes then a process of unraveling yourself, unraveling your identity, unraveling, letting go, which is very, very difficult because it's, it's, it's always, and the more modalities you have available to you, all the tens of thousands of self-proclaimed gurus, which is fine to a point, they can, you know, they can help. They they can, they cannot help. <laughs> but um, in essence, it's it's like it's an unraveling. We we come to a point where we need to start to unravel. And just one more more thing, maybe in that context. T tell me if I'm going off here. Just, just stop me because I think it's that type of conversation we can go off on, on the tangent if okay. need be. <laughs> but it's like, uh, even if you meet the wrong people, it's it's important somehow to be able to exercise unconditionally something, either a devotion or a love or something like like that. In theory. Obviously, if you meet the wrong person and you love unconditionally, you might get very messed up by some people and so on. But in terms of arriving at the ultimate expression of things like love, devotion, um, the self, it, it's, got to, it's got to become pure. It's got to become very clean. Yeah. That's, that's my penny's worth there for a while. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually think we agree more than we disagree on things. Um, I, for me, I actually, I, I wrote a, an article yesterday, which Andrea, you probably saw on mindset and mindfulness on searching for the self on my own journey. And the way I describe it is that it has been a process of connecting deeply with myself and revealing myself. And that has meant scraping away this external kind of 
persona that we develop over the years. So for me, like using psychological language, if you like, we're, we're searching for our most authentic self. And I say that, and some people call that the God within, divinity within, if you like. Um, and you're right, we do see loads of different modalities that are out there, and that can actually add confusion rather than put us on a purer path. Um, but I think that for me, certainly, and I can speak for my own life, this is an ongoing journey for me. Some days I have, I feel very grounded. I've meditated well. I feel like I'm the purest version of myself. I enter every interaction with good intentions and with love in my heart. And other days I wake up and I'm a bit all over the place and my meditation doesn't go well and I don't put my best self out into the world. So while I think that we agree, I suppose what I always try to highlight to people is this is not always easy. Like it's very, it's, it's, it's ideal to say I will wake up with love in my heart every day. And I really try to live that way. But the reality of life and, and our ego is strong, like, you know, and I don't say that as in like, you know, people are just egotistical, but your ego is your personality, which has been set up to protect you in a world that doesn't always show you that love in return. Um, so I suppose what I'm saying is I think that we agree, but I, I suppose focus on, well, what's the reality of living a spiritual life like? Because what you're saying is absolutely correct. And it's actually really pure in its intention. Well, I, my, my experience and certainly the people that I interviewed, we're always trying to get back to that point. Like, you know, and some days we do it really well and other days we don't do it so well at all. Like, you know, so. for, for sure. Yeah. And, and um, it is almost like that pure, pure, whatever you want to call it, is something almost that you cannot share with, with someone. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's the job of someone like you, or I've been teaching a bit of yoga through, through the years, and it's, I mean, if, if I'm to call that a job, it, in, in the yoga text, it talks about yoga as, as being a skill, and the teacher needs to be skilled, and, and they need to be able to give just enough to, to each individual so that they don't get just clogged in the throat from what you're feeding. And, um, and it's interesting, I read something the, the other day just in, in, in a different context, but well, same broad context, but in, in the context of the Zen monk, that uh, there was kind of an analogy of, of the monk being like, like a, a sharpening stone. Once they've done their training, they've come through then they, they become a sharpening stone where people go and they hone themselves. And ultimately this will wear the monk down, his physical, <laughs> just, he'll have to come up with all kinds of smart, she, he or she or whoever, smart ways of getting in and through the armor of the people coming, you know, who, for whatever reason they come. So, yeah. Well, let me ask you something on that, because that was one thing I took a note of. Um, Joya mentioned something about the teaching of Longchenpa uh, and Krishnamurti, and, uh, and, and you, uh, Fiona, mentioned some of the teaching, some of the, is, is it the teaching versus the self? I mean, where, how, how important is the teaching of a Zen monk or, or whoever it may be to discover spirituality? I mean, do we need the teaching of somebody else, or can we find spirituality within ourselves without Fiona? So I would say both. 
Um, like I would certainly like I I and going back to Joe's point, I agree with him. Like you know, what you're looking for is in in your own heart. Like you know, so it's just that unfortunately we are all a bit disconnected from our heart. I can't remember who says it that the the longest journey or the, the the longest journey but the shortest path we'll ever take is from our head into our heart. And I always think that that's a really good line about spirituality. Um, but I suppose to answer your question, it goes back to the idea that we're not born woke, like, you know, so like I read books by Eckhart Tolle when I was in my 20s. And I remember thinking, what is he talking about? Like, you know, so, so the, the irony that I now teach spirituality myself, because I wasn't ready, like I was too young, I wasn't psychologically mature enough, or sometimes you just can't hear what's being said to you, like, you know, so and when it comes down to the teacher, or I prefer the word guide, because I think that, again, you're, I can't teach you something, but I can give you some ideas for how you can teach yourself. Um, for me, I listen to some people think, and I, I'm so inspired, and I think, wow, oh my God, that has really resonated with me. And somebody else could be giving exactly the same message, but just using slightly different language or a different metaphor or whatever. And I think, man, I don't really get that at all. Like, you know, so I think that you have to kind of find your own, and again, an in inverted commas teacher, somebody that you, whatever way that they are saying it. That, that you can hear that. And that means that your heart can hear it. Like, you know, it's not about your head. It's that something in you kind of goes, that makes sense to me. Like, you know, so I want to hear more about what that person has to say. So for me, it's, and we spoke about this at the live podcast, Andrea, that like, you know, there are gurus and teachers and guides out there, but you have to retain agency in your own life. Otherwise, that's where you can get led astray, where you kind of go, I'm going to do it their way. But that mightn't be your way, like, you know, so... And then let me ask you this question then, Joe, because uh, uh, we're all, the three of us are over 20 years of age, right? And, and, uh, <laughs> Barely. <laughs> but no, but it, it's, it's an interesting one because you've, um, you mentioned something about shedding, um, you know, shedding, the journey of shedding experience and trying to find yourself or whatever. So is this is spirituality an easier, I mean, do we need to get, do we need to be older to accept, accept spirituality? Or if you're 20, when you're in your, I know you've had always this yogic past. You, you've been doing yoga since I've known you, which is over 30 years. And so you, you, you've been doing the yoga, uh, which is a spiritual aspect in, in itself. It, but have you seen like the difference? Would you be as spiritual now? Sorry, would you have been as spiritual in your 20s as you are now? Or do you know the answer? I don't know. I don't know. I think that um, to take whatever spirituality is and I actually I, I was I was thinking about that this this afternoon just um, uh, you know what, what how could one define spirituality and, and possibly spirituality is is the is the realm where all of us all humans can plug in somehow regardless of traditions that they may be practicing or even the, the plugs it's like a universal adapter where where we can we can go in and we can just sit down and nothing particular has to happen we can go in there and and that's what spirituality might be so we can sit here and we, we can be quiet and we can just, just love be. each other, you know, just, we can just love each other. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's what you say as well, though, Fiona. I say in a different way. You didn't mention, you didn't use the universal adapter analogy, which I like. Um, great. But, yeah. <laughs> but you say that you say that you say is that ten minutes a day or whatever it takes mm -hmm. to be quiet, to be conscious, to be connected to whatever the connection needs to be. I've used the word magnet before, actually, which I think is, is Joe's universal adapter. Like, you know, so and it goes back to the idea of like, what teacher do you like? What reading? What book do you resonate with? It's and I always describe that your soul is like a magnet. So it's looking for the teaching that's going to bring it back to itself, which is, again, the universal adapter, which I love that idea. Like, you know, because the universal adapter is the magnet is almost sing singular, if you like, where a universal adapter reflects the idea of oneness, that we are all part of this bigger thing. Um, sorry, Andrea, what was your question? I went off on a tangent there. So. No, no, no. It was, I think it was more like a rhetorical question about the fact that you, you do uh, also mention very similar to what Joe just said about taking that bit of time a day, whatever that time is, it's five, ten minutes, whatever it is to be to be sitting to there be connected to yourself to connected, like, yeah. you know, for me that's at the core of spirituality is to be connected with yourself then you will realize i am connected to other people that i should be living a life that is um fueled and informed by love as a like love is a universal spiritual language like you know so and we all know i am my best self if i feel love if i'm with somebody and i feel love whether that's a friend or a family member or, or a significant other that because that expands your heart it stops you being restricted it stops you being um defensive as joe was saying earlier this kind of idea that like we've built up all this persona around ourselves. when we feel positive emotions like that we are expanded um, and for me the more you get to know yourself the more you'll realize when you're being a bit reactionary I'm, I'm a bit annoyed with andrea because of this or whatever you'll realize actually that's just a transitory emotion and, and you're trying to get back to that state of of being in a very centered loving place and to live your life from that but again i, I reiterate just because i think we're all human and like you know that it's hard like you know it's not easy so because while it's a fabulous aspiration and i really encourage i try to live my life that way and i hope that like then you you are a, a role model i just think that we need to be realistic about like we're also imperfect and we need to embrace that and 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 be just compassionate to ourselves when the biggest skill I've ever learned in my life is self-compassion. Because the more compassionate I am to myself, the more I love myself and I and I are comfortable with my mistakes, then the more I recover from when I do things wrong or things don't go my way. And I'm able to then be loving in the world again. Like, you know, so when you when you're beating yourself up, then you're going to be horrible to other people as well. Like, you know. So. But that's that's key key there, Fiona and Andrea. I think to, to love yourself because for i mean to for some people that might might come across as just this huge ego trip mm. i love myself but but then you you need to put into very clear light what yourself is and once you've done some digging or stripping away or you've done enough you you begin to re realize that the self is something that has nothing to do with an identity that I may have constructed over the years, how, what clothes I wear in the morning. Obviously, it's nice to present yourself nicely so you don't scare people. <laughs> you know the way. So, but that's kind of a different thing. Um, but to, to, love, to love the self, to love oneself is, is, is important. So that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So just as a framework, right? So if you guys don't know each other, I, I know both of you in different ways, but so Joe grew up in uh, in, in Sweden and then uh, moved to Ireland and now he's in Australia. So we're talking a different time frame, different time zones and, and Fiona's in Ireland. But do you, you, you're from your upbringing, Joe, as I was saying, your spirituality, your yogic past. Now you're in a, in a reality that's slightly different. You have a small child that you need to look after and he's three years old. So how, on a practical point of view, what do you do these days to, to find that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is to, to connect to yourself, to love yourself, for want of a better word, practically? Like, especially now, I'm assuming you're in lockdown like the rest of us. I'm assuming this. Yes. yes. So it's, it's even more strenuous as, you know, you can't go out for whatever you run or whatever you might do. So what do you do these days? Like, as of today, what well, did you do this um, morning? Not- the, in in terms of actual practice, I I, I don't have much time to, to do anything. So so everything, and in any case, I, now it's it's become that you know twenty five years ago we would we would do our yoga hatha yoga practice and and we would have to practice. It was almost like a a drug. We'd be going somewhere to do workshops. And people would spread their mats out in airports and do these ridiculous <laughs> asanas, which is fantastic. It's it's commitment. You're you're focused, but hang on a second. That that's an hour and a half, and you're a junkie, which is fine because the techniques that are employed lead to opening, lead to shedding, and all the rest of it. And you know they. they get you healthy and the rest of it but but now now what how's my day i i get up in the morning i really look forward to to making myself a a coffee and i remember there's an italian gentleman with a beard sitting there to to make the most wonderful coffees and it's little rituals like, like that are now the practice some somehow but Having said that, 24-7 must be the practice all the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, all the time. Okay. How about you, Fiona? How, how you – because I know we have more time to do stuff now, but at the same time, it's like <laughs> you don't need – you know, it almost feels like you don't need that 10 minutes anymore because you have 10 minutes every hour. And, you know, before you had to, oh, I need to find 10 minutes. Now it's like – Oh, I could, I'll do it later. How, how are you structured? Because there's a bit of structure needed now, isn't it? So, yeah. So I suppose that I, I feel, no, fortunate's the wrong word because um, I work from home a lot anyway. So I think that my adaptive, the, what I had to adapt to was probably less than, than other people. Um, but yes, I definitely have more time and obviously certain work that I had planned has been pushed out. So kind of that won't happen until May at the earliest now. Um, so I'm like you, Joe, one of my favorite things in the morning is I do morning pages every morning, Julia Cameron's practice of freehanding every morning. So a journaling practice. And I do, I always make myself a nice cup of coffee when I'm doing it. And it's a really ritual for me. Um, It's the first thing I do when I wake up. And and like, if I go out and there's no coffee pods, I would almost lose it. Like, you know, like it's just a really important thing to me. Um, And then I always meditate. Um, But I have more time at the moment. And in the first couple of weeks, actually, I found that for somebody who I'm used to structure in my own day and my own life, I actually found the first couple of weeks a little bit hard. So in theory, I should have been spending more time on my book and doing all these things, but I didn't do loads of those things for the first 10 days. Um, And I just gave myself 
myself a break about it. Like, you know, your life had been kind of turned upside down. And I didn't like a lot of the messages about be productive out there. I just thought that that's like, you know, we're in the middle of a crisis. And sometimes the most compassionate thing you can do to yourself is just kind of go with what's happening. Um, and then as I started to settle into it a little bit more, then I was like, okay, not to be productive, but let's be a little bit more disciplined about like, you know, there are certain projects I'm working on, including exploring spirituality, which is a passion project for me. And I've been gifted some time here. So I had another couple of projects for it that I wasn't going to launch until later in the year, primarily because I was doing, going to be doing more paid work. Um, and that's been pushed out. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to get those done in the next six weeks. And, but I'm, I'm setting what I would call achievable targets for myself. You don't have to work 12 hours a day. I basically said after my morning pages in the morning, I'm going to spend an hour on the book every day. So at least I know I do seven hours a week. It doesn't have to be 70. And if I can get the two other projects launched by the end of this month, and then hopefully things will be back up and running for us, that'll be enough. So I think a what I've been trying to combine is compa compassion for myself and realize that things are a little bit all over the place at the moment, but also a little bit of discipline about what do I want to achieve in my own life at the moment. So I think a combination of that is the nicest you can be to yourself while not well also minding your well-being because I think we are we're structured animals we do like a little bit of structure so um so that's it so it's not some mountaintop experience that I'm having or anything like that but I'm trying to make the most of it and like spirituality is often about acceptance like you know like I've been dealt this hand, we've been collectively dealt this hand and what can I do with it? And I'm also very lucky, I don't have children to mind or anything like that, so I have a lot of time that I can use well myself if I, if I allow myself yeah. to do that. So. I think the, the previous guest I had, uh, Siobhan Murray, she said, uh, she put it so well, she said, we're in a marathon without a finishing line, so you know, mm. just, just relax, you know, take it as it comes, yeah. you don't have to learn to make bread today, totally. you know, like, just, just take your time your if you want to do it, do it. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm sure you can rant on about uh, spirituality a lot longer if you want, but uh, you're more than welcome to. We have another 10 minutes and then the thing is over. So, or you can just rattle on and I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let it this bit out. Whatever. You want to say something else, Joe, to us from uh, downtown Australia? Well, I, I was just uh, thinking, uh, and I try not to, just in general, but, but um, in, in terms of, Fiona and I, and, and possibly yourself, agreeing about things that 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 is that that's great potential. But at the same time, it, that has has a flip side. It has the potential to create this closed circle of agreement mm. that shuts out whatever it may shut out. Um, and just just in terms of a spiritual practice that is really intent on dissolving um, all the layers, all the layers. Um, I'm not saying it's, it's not, it's, it's not that one should be in agreement, but just to note how cunning it's like we're sucked back in, into some kind of a, us and them situation where there needs to be, as, as, as far as I can tell, uh, just a constant releasing and a letting go, trusting, loving, all the time, just, just falling back, falling back. You have these exercises that you do, you, you know, 
trust a couple of people to just drop back into their arms and they'll catch you, no bother. So <laughs> sometimes they don't if they're messers. But, but, you know, that kind of a thing. Very simple exercise just to fall back and trust that someone will, will catch you. But in terms of, yeah, anyway, that, that was just a little thing. You're not in I, agreement there, Fiona, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I was actually, I, was, I have two questions for you. One, it's, I think it's the idea of letting go that you're talking about. Like, you know, the idea of surrender, like, you know. So and yes. I think that this has been a great example of, like, what do you look like when you have to let go? Like, you know, so and um, even with some clients recently, I've been just discussing the idea of, like, whatever that brings to the surface for you is work that you need to do. Like, you know, when control is taken away from us. Um, but what you said at the start interested me about, like, um, are you trying to like have we started this conversation disagreeing and stuff and come into a, a point of agreement? Um, and is there danger in that? Is that what you were you were saying when you began talking there? Not not really. It was n n no no. It, um, because some somehow or it's, I think any conversation is 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 going to be up to a point a game. Because, for, for instance, if, if you, you and I or anyone involved in a, a conversation or a, a debate, you know, they will try to convince someone else of their point of view. They may take on board some of the points of view of the other person, but ultimately they will stick to, to their own point of view. But what I'm saying in, in relation to the agreement thing is that ideally we would all be able to just be here with complete openness, no agenda whatsoever. And that, and that you know, yeah, yeah, just no, no agenda whatsoever. And, and then one would be able to create out of that. If, if people were interested, it, it doesn't mean that you have to stop your activity. The Zen people talk about their practice being non-active. You, you, you sit there like a rock, but you, you're not, tight you're not uptight you're just there but if if we like to do things if we're creative people or if you write books or we play football we make food all of that stuff um yeah it, it doesn't have to be distance from so someone who 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 has an open core mm. as it were does that answer your question Fiona? yeah no you you mentioned something earlier actually which i didn't pick up on was that um entering all relationships with love regardless of outcome um, and I would always link that back to the idea of meaning because I always use the like if something comes into my life regardless of the outcome I always think well what was that sent to teach me what was that sent to bring up for me that might need healing and so forth um, and there's a letting go in that as well like you know that not you don't have to control the outcome you don't have to let it go you just have to know that it's probably here for a reason whether you know what that reason is at this point or not well, absolutely, and even 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 things you don't like and teachers you don't necessarily resonate with, everything teaches. And there, there, if, if if you meet some kind of resistance, you know that that person, they're just not nice. <laughs> but but in 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 terms of the potential of that person, they they're already, you know, to to, to use that much. Um, tossed around word enlightened they are enlightened that's that's what the zen people talk about in the 12 you know there are these these pictures that were done by one, one of the the patriarchs these 12 ox herding pictures and they're 
each stage of the ox. It's a young boy who goes out to search for his ox, which is a metaphor for, for the mine. And it goes through all its various stages. But the last one is, is basically a picture of a drunk with his flagon of cider at the market. And <laughs> he's come full circle. He's, he's, he's past no mind. You, you know that Zen circle? He's mm. gone beyond that. He's back in the market. He's, he's having a few scoops and he sees everyone as enlightened. Mm. A bit like the hero's journey, the idea that like we go on our own journey and then come back to the community, if you like. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I, yeah, and it, it's a lovely analogy. And I, I suppose I, I give in my own life, I try to say to myself now, you know, when somebody pisses me off, I kind of have to say to myself, like, you know, why am I pissed off? The I being the... Um, the interesting point because people piss me off all the time just like I'm sure I annoy people as well but I try as much as possible to say why does this person annoy you Fiona what is it bringing up for you like you know what can you do about that instead of like ringing my friend and ranting about them for 20 minutes like you know for me the teaching is always in you it always goes back to you if you've been triggered in some way so absolutely and do you do you find that that um that the, that the time gets shorter yeah. from one reacting that Egypt wring their neck yeah <laughs> no, I I no but like you we all know like you know the voice in your head where you have like the the you're exactly my my ability to focus on that become short has become shorter and shorter probably 20 years ago if somebody said something to me that maybe like hurt me I'd probably be still thinking about it a week later like you know did they really think that of me what did I do blah 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 where now I have the, I hope the tools to kind of go, okay, this, this is still about me. Like, you know, something has been triggered in me, but my reaction time, because I give it the attention that it needs when it happens, like, you know, that has made me feel bad or that has made me feel angry. And, mm -hmm. and let's inquire about why that has happened to you, Fiona. Like, you know, not to the other person, it doesn't matter what they said, but to you, like, you know, so, yeah. and that's just a skill. Like, you know, that you're constantly trying to make that tool for yourself a little bit, you used the word sharper earlier on, like, you know, that you're trying to, because all it's doing is guiding you away from yourself if you don't control it in some way. So, yeah. but it's a lifelong battle because we're humans. And... <laughs> well, look, uh, I know we could go on for hours, but uh, we won't. But I think it's great because uh, you're both obviously very passionate about this this whole subject. And I thought it, it was really nice to do it now that we're all in our own little world and people can listen back to this next week and, and hopefully uh, take something out of it, realize it is just human and we can all go around the circle, whatever that circle is, and find ourselves. But um, So, yeah, that was Joe Soflin, all the way from Australia. Thanks a million for joining us, Joe, and uh, Fiona English. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, so, look, yeah. I'll let you go. I'm going to turn this off. Thanks, and thanks a million, both of you. And Fiona, nice I'll send you the you recording know. if you want to. Nice. I can send you yeah. back. Yeah. Fiona. Yeah. Cheers. Keep in touch. I will. Yes. Cheers, Joe. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.
Everybody count up on the crowd.